Zone 3 Podcast. I am Robert. Yes, and I am Reggie. This episode is brought to you by Aegis. Thank you, Aegis. Yes, thank today you. Today we are joined thank by... Thank you so much, Aegis, <laughs> for doing this and sponsoring this. Yeah, yeah. And today we are joined by Kristen Harrington. Yes. Thank you, Kristen, for joining us. Oh, thank you, Robert. Thank you, Reggie. We, uh, Bill and I always like coming out here and seeing you guys and uh, doing these podcasts with you. So thank yeah. you so much for doing this well, for everyone. Mutual, right? yeah. It's the heat of the summer, too. Like, we were in the meat of it right now. Well, Actually, you know no. what? And you guys had rain. Yeah. Which kind of strange. I've been to Arizona twice when there was rain and people go outside to see the rain. It's like it's snowing. (laughs) It's like it's snowing. It was like they're like, uh, Some people take shelter. They don't know what to do. Right, right. And so they close the I found yeah. that to be so interesting when I first was here a few years ago when it rained. And then y'all had flooding because you have no system of like draining the water. Well, yeah. in Atlanta, which is where I'm, shout out to the Hotlanta. That's yeah. where I'm from. Um, right. They had, we had thunderstorms two or three times a day. And so we lose power all the time. We have a generator. I mean, things like that because of the the storm and and all that. Kudos to you for catching on it because that's very insightful. A lot of people don't realize that the reason why we have so much flooding issues is because we're not equipped to deal with so much water. There's not the drainage that a you know the wet or the east has yeah. so you're saying i'm insightful yeah yeah That's well, we wow right? now yeah. i already feel good there's a long list of <laughs> adjectives for Kristen. Uh, okay we'll, uh, we'll move on from uh, there but one of those adjectives would be like breast imaging expert I, I'm, I would say that you have a extensive knowledge on that and that's actually what today's topic is on nice. breast imaging uh specifically mri um so if you would, maybe just kind of dive into that. We sort of have an outline, but feel free to take it anywhere you like, Kristen. Perfect. Um, I will, first of all, say that I did start doing breast imaging research when I was a student as well as a technologist at Emory back in the day when there was literally not your common. It was all research facilities that were doing breast imaging. And um, from that point to this point, it's it's come so far. But that being said, in alignment with that, the number of cases of breast cancer have gone down as far as the number that are diagnosed. So what would you contribute that to? Like just false positives? um, I would contribute that to a a number of things. Um, It depends on if you're going down the MRI, um, you know, if you're going down that road or that lane, or if you're going down another, you know, one is the, uh, a huge reason is not using hormone replacement therapy, HRT. Um, That has had a huge link as far as not using that now has had a huge impact on the number of cases. So I do have some statistics. So I will be kind of reading through this um, for everyone to kind of see. This is um, at the end of every year, breastcancer.org. It's a great place to go to find out information. Um, This is where I get the the information from the prior year. So um, there were over 266,000 new cases of invasive breast cancer. And I'll I'll talk a little bit about different types of cancers. a little bit later on, Um, there were 63,000, close to 64,000 non-invasive. People do not realize that men get breast cancer. I've done an MR 
breast MR on a, on a male patient before. So that is something I, I'm going to let you speak to in a few minutes. I would love to hear about that because I've never done one on a male. I have not. Right. And I've never done a mammogram on a male. I've never right. done any of that. But my dad's best friend had breast cancer and he was a male. Right. So it's, it's out there, but people don't realize. Obviously, the reason why it doesn't get a lot of recognition is because look at the number of cases. It's, you know, 2,500 just over. But it's also important to note that 85% don't have any family history. And, and that's literally, again, these are just the stats that are out there. But if you'll go to the next one, it actually shows you, um, great job. Yeah. Uh, it shows you that in, <laughs> in 20, I'm here for you. Um, in 2020, the number of breast cancers over the past 25 years has dropped 40%. That is over 300,000 lives saved. And I will tell you, there are a lot of components and elements to actually uh, attribute this to. But I, I have to really, I mean, it's, it's my love, it's my passion, MRI, obviously. But I'd say that it has a lot to do with that and being having more accessibility to having the MRIs done and then how far MR has come to kind of meet that together. And I, I really think it has a big part uh, as far as being the, the modality of choice. Right. Again. Um, so anyway, I think it's important to go through, and I, I want to talk about risk. So we have a slide to go to. Um, the statistics are there. Those are, you know, the deaths per year. But let's just look at, we have established risk. And the reason I want to go through different risk is because we have emerging risk. And this is something that's the first time I've ever seen um, at this website, and I find it fascinating. So um, obviously a, a risk would be being a woman, uh, American women, uh, invasive breast cancer. BC is always going to mean breast cancer when you see that on, on my slides for this. You know, it said, okay, well, we had 266,000, a little over new cases. Um, American women, not, and this is just copy and paste from there, non-invasive is 63,000. The reason non-invasive is not as many cases is because of, it's not as symptomatic. I mean, think about that. You don't have your your nipples not pointing inward. You don't have these different things that are happening, the skin changes around the breast. And once you do, it's typically more invasive. And I'll talk a little bit about invasive versus non-invasive in just a minute. Um, as far as white women have a slightly higher risk as compared to black women, but when black women are diagnosed, it's typically more aggressive. Um, the reason behind all of this, I'm not exactly sure. It's, it's genetics. They're studying all of the, all right. I, I have no idea. Um, then Hispanic and Asian. So white women by far are slightly higher risk. Um, the age 55 years or older, approximately two um, out of three are um, invasive that are diagnosed for breast cancer. And if you have dense breasts, you are twice as likely. Now, this is very interesting. Once we get to the end, we, I want to talk a little bit about the, well, a good bit about, if we can, abbreviated breast, you know, protocols that are being done and almost standardized now. So if you have dense breast and, and that's all that you have, you're not going to, you're more when than you likely. Dense. What do you mean by dense? Per se, like the. Okay. So, <laughs> so I got to have to be very careful in how I answer this one. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> are they, um, 
adipose tissue mostly. Oh, I see. Okay. Are they like, fat? Okay. Or is it, it or is it more actually mammal? tissue? Yes. I see mammal Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then and they Did do. Did you understand though? <laughs> Did you, you understood, right? Oh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to take a sip of my All right. Let me ask you this though, because I do have a question. I've never thought about this before. Do you think right. that there's like uh, um, some sort of like common denominator based on breast size? Because you said the more dense it is, but what about just cup size? Are you more susceptible if you're, say, a D versus an A? Um, statistically, you have more breast tissue. Does that mean statistically you're more susceptible? Is that a stupid I have. There is no stupid question. I think we've all See, established you, that. <laughs> but I, I also wasn't a stupid But question. I also have a dot 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 in how I end that statement, but I'm not going to say it here. So um, we'll leave it there. Yeah, um, uh, all right. Yeah. Try to be as PC as possible, but exactly. there are no stupid questions. <laughs> dot dot dot. Um, I actually have seen. I, I try to point to um, the data, not to you know anecdotal information. No, but you bring that. up a good point but I've not seen any papers and I actually do read I do try and stay on top of all of this and I have not seen anything but you know the more there is there I would say right? <laughs> I would say the higher the possibility but then when we talk about some of these uh, it's not an established risk okay Okay. It's Batman. not. Okay. When you see the emerging risk, it, it would say um, big boob versus small boob, right? Uh, right. It it because based upon how crazy these things that you're about to see. Okay. Okay. So you see this dense breast is more than twice um, as likely to to happen. So just going on to uh, the the next one on established risk. So family history, first degree relative, um, you have double the the risk. Genetics, 5 to 10% pass from parent to child. A personal history of a previous breast cancer, that's going to be something you have to think about. Now, this is something that was even before my time, and I'm, I'm right at the door of 50. They used to do radiation to the face and the neck um, around the age of, um, before, before the age of 30, and that was to... Um, treat non-Hodgkin lymphoma, and it was also for acne treatment. Not even joking. This is scientific. (laughs) (laughs) Then you'd be at higher risk for male breast Uh, cancer. You got saved. (laughs) Take it back. Yeah. Um, No, I I never knew this. I literally, it was for acne acne treatment. So um, you'll see there it says no longer used. Um, right. Yeah, I kind of get that, don't you? <laughs> um, pregnancy, if, if you've had a pregnancy before the age of 30, you know, um, you're um, less likely than someone like me that had children when she was old. Breastfeeding, um, your menstrual history, you know, how early. The earlier you start having a menstrual cycle, the more likely you are to have breast cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, um, and then HRT, the hormone replacement therapy, I would say is probably the biggest impact. And I will tell you, I talked to different medical markets around the U.S., and some places still do use as a regular practice the uh, the HRT. So it's something that needs to, to I, I really hope people are listening to that because that that's a huge one. Right. 
Now, what's really interesting is what I found on breastcancer.org is the emerging risk. And that would be on the next slide that I want to show everybody. If you have low vitamin D levels, so it may play a role in controlling the normal breast cell growth. Right, vitamin D. So I guess we, but if you notice, it doesn't matter who in my family goes to the doctor. They always say we have low vitamin D and we are in the sun all the time. It's not like we live in, you know, a place that doesn't have, you know, the sun out. And we are out there, you know, football games, horseback, you know, we're, we're out there all the time. We all take vitamin D. Yes. No, no, it gets better, Reggie. Um, light exposure at night. Factory workers, doctors, and nurses. So this this is the slide that Robert should be really looking at because this is where it would say a, a larger breast versus a smaller breast. Because, I mean, okay, so if you have light exposure at night, okay, <laughs> even if there are too many street lights where you live, Wow. I'm not, this is emerging risks that are being studied. Wow. And again, I didn't just wake up and make this stuff up. Wake <laughs> like up, a, make up. Is that like a lack of sleep or something? Or uh, what do they mean by light exposure at night? Maybe <laughs> everyone needs to get those blackout shades. Maybe it's the, like if you live in the city and the street lights, uh, because um, the, you yeah. see the street lights actually um, that are on that, on that picture. It just says, even if there are too many street lights where you live. So, I mean, think about these things. Um, makeup. Try to be professional. Makeup. That's why I don't wear any makeup because, no, I'm just joking. Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm sure I look like a clown, but that's you look fine. You like a cover girl, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your anyway. hair looks great, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a debate around curly versus straight, but, you know. I like, well, you were curly last. Or yeah, I was curly. Yeah, yeah. I like it straight, too. Well, you know, my family votes for uh, votes for straight. Oh, okay. But um, you know, there's other people that like it curly. Do you find that it, if the humidity here or lack of affects your hairstyle? I love going to Vegas. Just let me say, <laughs> let me say that because I get excited a number of things. But the biggest thing is my hair is going to look great all week. That <laughs> is such a point, chick right? thing, isn't it? Well, Reggie does it too. <laughs> yeah, Reggie. I'm glad Is that why you live here? Because typically, oh yeah, my curls, woo. Looking good. Looking good. So, um, but, but you can't wear makeup anymore, Reggie, okay? Because oh, yeah. the cosmetics, man. chemicals in food, I don't think that there's anything possible as far as there's going to be pretty much chemicals in everything. I certainly, with a big right. family, can't afford having, you know, all of our food to be completely organic. And then is it true, twice removed, not organic at all? Um, lawn chemicals, uh, chemicals in sunscreen. This is just totally just an aside, FYI. Do you know I researched this? I have not worn sunscreen, and I've been to the Caribbean. I've been all over for at least eight years. We do not own sunscreen in my family. Likewise. We don't. Do you know that, that not breast cancer, um, skin cancer has over doubled over the past 25 years? And think about, it's probably over 30 years because I, I researched it about five or six years ago. Um, it's more than doubled, but think about the SPF. It's just just gone up and up, right. which actually also affects our vitamin D level. I know this is a total aside. I'm just adding this in as, as information. Yeah. We don't use sunscreen. 
And I did. I was out in the sun all weekend. Do I look like I got sunburned at all? No, <laughs> no. no, I don't. Your melanin just it, melanin just automatically starts to to go up. You get more used to it. And again, nobody in my family wears it. I will say, you know, we're all, we're all going through um, COVID. Yeah. I just want to say this: as far as the vaccination goes, there there has been some data that it does increase the lymph nodes, and that's always something we're looking at is increased lymph size of the lymph nodes when we're looking at invasive types of breast cancer. So, um, with the COVID vaccination, there was also that concern, and uh, my business partner. Pretty sure everyone probably knows is Bill Faulkner. Oh, yeah. He and I were actually doing a, a, another podcast. Yeah, I think somebody has. Um, yes, I think somebody has heard of him before. If not, I'm going to do the big plug for Bill Faulkner. He's a <laughs> he's a great smart guy. But we were talking to someone else, and it also, you know. It, it's been known to do the same thing with just like a basic flu, you know, type of shot. Um, I don't have the data right here in front of me, but, you know, that's kind of how that was, you know, addressed. Oh, oh no, you know, you get the vaccination and then don't go have your lymph nodes checked out for your breast. Oh, so she just spaced it out there pretty much. I don't know. There's, I don't have the data on how long you oh, spaced it out. Right. Um, but there is a correlation, it sounds like. Yeah, but there's also a possible correlation with, get, like I said, just getting normal types of vaccines like we get every year. You know, I have to get the flu shot, right. you know, working PRN at the, at the children's hospital. I have to get it by November 1st. Right. I have to give them proof that I got it. They'll give it to me for free if I'm there. I just don't work very many days a year. Right. So... Um, you know, it, it's known to be li like that as well. I mean, the same type of situation. I don't know if it's a bigger effect with the, with the COVID vaccine. I, I don't know that, that answer. But I'm just saying that it's something that people should kind of be aware of. Right. So with a quick Google search, and by the way, this is total confirmation bias, but <laughs> two previous studies suggest a correlation between breast size and cancer risk. The authors noticed in one published in the Internal or International Journal of Cancer, Harvard researchers found that lean women with a broad cup size of D or larger had nearly twice the risk, uh, risk of cancer as lean women with a broad cup size of A or smaller. All right. Now I could also find information that probably says contradict. I'm safe is what we're saying. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I am... <laughs> I'm safe. Uh, so anyway, just I wanted to address that. And you know what? Thank you so much for clarifying that. And coming from Harvard. Um, I don't know what that means. <clears throat> because in this very same Google search, I see that it says when it comes to developing breast cancer, size does not matter. So it's confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. So basically, you just contradicted everything you just said by kind of, <laughs> But I'm too damn honest <laughs> to admit otherwise. But yeah, no, I'm basically, just, I'm saying I could find information that confirms that. I could find information that confirms it doesn't. Right. And, and and probably pretty much we could do that for every single argument out there for anything that's ever existed, quite honestly. Absolutely. So um, does it matter? We're not sure. Because if they're saying street lights are a higher risk. I mean, to me, that's like, how do they, I've not seen the scientific data. Obviously they have, because to me, that's, there's several very trusted um, websites that I go to for, for the information. Right. I just found this whole, this whole sheet of emerging risk. And obviously I think chemicals, all that can be something that's understood. Oh, but as far as you know, your light exposure, nurses, doctors, factory workers, people just, at, you know, at night, I don't know. It, it, but you're exposed to the same lights during the day. 
But you wonder if the sun, let's talk about this. What if the sun kind of. But what if you're in the basement of a building? Does it matter what the sun's doing? doesn't know it doesn't know right. all right you know what we're gonna leave this topic we got lots to cover <laughs> Yo, but leave it, a comment and if you know anything please leave a comment down below yeah. for sure. I, and I, I don't would, mean to challenge you i'm just processing this as you no talking. no no i i think i think it's, it's because it's very, inter- yes. very interesting yes people are like where did she get that information i got it right from very very valid sites that i trust and where i would go if unfortunately someone in my family that's where i would go for information as to these types of websites and to find for the first time at the end of at the beginning of 2021 you know that these were the emerging risk i've not seen the it may have been there before but i'm just now seeing these types of things listed yeah. So I would assume light exposure at night, if it doesn't recognize night or day, um, then, yeah, and you're in the basement, then I would think that you're exactly accurate. So what about, you know, white nights in Alaska? Do people in Alaska get less breast cancer because... Oh. It's a fun topic. To, it's it's all emerging. Topic, you know what I'm saying? It's an interesting topic to think about for sure. It, I mean, it, well, Alaska came to mind because don't they have like yeah. times yeah, when there's only like... Three, yeah, it's like yeah. very little time when there's... Dark. Night Both. darkness, depends right? Year. Or it depends on the time of year. If it's winter, it's only like what a couple hours of daylight. Summer right. is vice versa. I don't know. I was there in October. So you probably right me and my husband and, and Bill and his wife. We all went out there. Where was my invite? I sent it. You didn't respond. Oh, I'm bad at that. I'm I sorry. know. <laughs> but, but Reggie was told to lie to you because he did respond, and we had a great oh, yeah. time. You guys went. It was. Oh, you said you just went with Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bro. That was a couple's retreat. <laughs> yeah, we brought him with us. He's pretty special. Yeah. So I, I also. I think it's important when I started doing breast imaging, I had no clue, you know, anything about, about breast tissue or, or what we, you know, what was going on. I didn't really even know that much about different types of, of breast cancer. Right. Um, I do have to say this though. I was a poor student um, when I went to school at Emory and I went to um, mammography and told them that they were my favorite modality. I went to x-ray and said, it's my favorite modality. I, I oh, can't imagine. <laughs> then I went to MR and I was already their patient care tech aide. And I said, MR is my favorite modality. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. And MR offered me a job the day before Mamo did. And I accepted it. Oh, nice. I was so poor. I probably would have done anything <laughs> just to get a job. But they were, all, they were all my favorite modality. Yeah. They were every single one of them. I think it's important to understand that. If you have um, DCIS, which is a ductal um, carcinoma, carcinoma in situ, what that means is that you've got um, the, the abnormal cells are actually contained within the milk ducts. So contained means, oh, I like that word because, okay, it's, it's in an area, it's contained. I can go get that area and it's not gone outside so then once you get to the invasive ductal carcinoma it's now gone into the surrounding tissues and then the most severe is going to be when you have metastatic and unfortunately again because i was i was talking about in the very beginning of the podcast is it's really important to understand that 
it's very asymptomatic. And I, I, I really want to urge people to take it so seriously. If you do have swelling, if you know, do self checks, you know, I'm, I'm not an MD, but we went, we as women and men, we should be seeing, oh, there's a nap, there's a little lump there. Get it checked out. There's no reason not to, because the earlier you catch it, obviously right. the, the much higher the survi survival rate's going to be. The, the path of treatment's going to be totally different. The impact on your family, it, just, it goes on and on. So um, again, but again, you saw the numbers. It is much more likely to be. Um, like, how does the process start? So, do you just go straight to getting like you feel something like, oh, I need to get a breast MR, or do people they normally get like I don't know, like a mammal first? And okay, so there's debate around this. Quite mm -hmm. honestly, um, do you want to you know start? There's you know. A baseline at 35, you got a first degree relative, like your mother or something has it. This is a discussion you have with your doctor. So you go to your doctor, you get your annual exam, and they say, okay, well, you know, you, you got on here that your mother died of breast cancer. You know, you have these different, you know, checkoff points. Okay. You, you might want to go ahead and have your baseline done at 35. Now, this is information I got, you know, many years ago because I, I don't have, um, a first degree relative that's ever had breast cancer, thank goodness. Um, but then after 40, then they said everyone needs a baseline at 40. Well, then we started having all this information about, you know, over ionizing, radi radiating people. So we want to do dose reduction as much as possible. So then do you get it at 40 if you have absolutely no indicators? Right. You don't have dense breasts. I mean, I'm just going back to your whole. <laughs> you don't have a large breast. I mean, you know, what's all the qualifying, right. you know, what are those factors? Do you have it at 40 or do you wait till later? Right. And so typically you would start with a mammogram and I'm not going to give you an age because again I just right. it's that's going to be so variable based upon someone's history um then if it, while you're there, so when I was rotating through MAMA, which was my favorite modality just so you know at the time <laughs> um while I was there um, if we did a MAMO on a mammography on someone we did a mammogram and they, they thought that anything was suspicious. At Emory, they immediately did an ultrasound. I don't know if that's common practice, but that's that was the way that it went. Then if we were doing research, some like, sometimes they would come to Emory. But ultrasound of the lymph nodes or of the actual breast? The breast and the surrounding tissues, oh, absolutely. Okay. And so they would do that. They would, it's it's very sensitive, these, these whole issues with women, um, as far as having their, their mammogram done. There's a right. lot of nerves around it. So they would actually watch a video. I think p part of this podcast is also about just the patient care. So we would do, a, you know, they would watch a little VCR video. Then we'd have, we do their mammogram. And then, you know, they would, the doctors would always do like a wet read, so to speak, right? right. Back in the day, they would just look at them really quick. And then they would say, you know, then there was a whole nother conversation. And as a student, I wasn't really involved in that. But I know it was, you know, we just want to see some additional information, which then spikes out their, you know, their stress. I will tell you, there's a hospital in uh, New Jersey. Um when I did applications, and, and I know this sounds so like over the top, but they actually gave all the women that were coming in for um, to go to the, the cancer center for breast cancer, they gave them all a rose every single uh -huh. time they came. I just thought that that just kind of makes your heart smile a little yeah, bit, nice. you know, and, and such a, I, and a lot of people are like, ugh, that's just obnoxious. No, it's actually a nice thing to do right. what a gesture, right? for anything, yeah. you know, give me a flower. I'm happy. All right. 
you know. So, I'll take one. <laughs> Absolutely. I wait for two hours for a test. Right. <laughs> that's another thing, right? I mean, that's a, that's a whole other business. Yeah, we'll so we don't want anything right? going on. <laughs> so I, I think it's important to, uh, to understand the emotional side. I'm a little bit more... Uh, you know, I, I take things in stride, so it's just I probably don't need the rose or, you know, I just do it. It's basically how I am. I don't need to see the the, the video. Right. Just go in there, squish them to the size of a pancake, tell me if I need something additional. And then somewhere you have to weave in, um, I'm not going to say the long word because I can't, um, Tomo synthesis. I think I just said it correctly for the first time ever. Nice. But everyone now calls it 3D mammograms, 3D. Oh. And there was a lot of merit, still is a lot of merit to doing that. But MR has even gone above that as far as sensitivity, specificity. Right. So definitely if you're going to have to have breast cancer, we want it to be um, contained within those milk ducts. We, we, ducts. we want that. And then you want to catch invasive as quickly as possible before it does metastasize, you know, brain, lung. The, it goes to so many different areas of the body. Right. It is extremely aggressive and your treatment plan is going to change. I think that I have um, a slide that talks about BIRADS. And this is also something that I never truly understood. They also have this for prostate cancer and probably other areas that I'm just not aware of. So um, it's recognized by the ACR. And um, it's just a standardized classification. It's, it's not just used for MR. It's used for MAMO. I'm sure 3D MAMO should be included in there now. Ultrasound. It's used and MRI. But it basically categorizes everything. Zero means it's, you're, you know, it's going to get worse as you go up in, in numbers. So zero is, you know, well, they really couldn't get any information. Um, they need additional, you know, imaging evaluation. Basically, the patient panicked, they moved, they left, they didn't show for their appointment, you know, it's, they're, they're, um, they're at a zero. One's just negative, normal, mammo. Um, just go home. You don't have to do anything else. Go home, be thankful. Then you've got benign findings. Okay, so I'm brought in and I, I hear, you know, I've got benign findings. I, that's going to leave me a little, bit, a little bit scared, right? Right. Okay, so then we go to number three. Probably now I'm getting really nervous. Probably benign findings. Um, initial short-term follow-up is suggested. You know whether that's three months, six months. I don't know. It probably is. You know how probable is it that it actually is benign? But let me just tell you, based upon imaging techniques that are used in MRI and the different abilities that we have in front of us, what field strength? literally can change your BIRADS from a two to a three. Oh, really? I, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the talks that I do, um, just based upon field strength, going from a 1.5 to a three Tesla, it classified it because um, there's pointed border, uh, borders. There, there It's like speculation is kind of the way that they refer to it. Mm -hmm. And um, the smooth borders, obviously, we're going to think, okay, that's more... That's going to be more cystic. It's going to be fluid filled. But these things with these edges and these different borders, you know, that's you know, what's going on here. Right. Literally, it was changed. And so that means they needed a follow up. It went from BIRADS 2 to BIRADS 3. 
And, and that was only changing. And a lot of the information I'll refer back to are papers that are written by uh, Dr. Christiana Kuhl. She's out of Europe, and she is by far, to me, the world leader. Leading the way. Nice. She's always led the way in breast imaging. She's just has been all over the world. She's a speaker. She's she's such a knowledge sharer. You know, she's on YouTube everywhere. I think anyone could go search her up. It's K-U-H-L is how you pronounce it. Um, and she is she's the reason we're doing abbreviated breast imaging, in my opinion. She is the sole reason. She is one of the sole reasons that we are doing, have so many advancements in the MRI as far as protocols. Um, so I, I just want to say that. But I didn't understand. I would see this information, BIRADS this, BIRADS that, whatever the number. And I, I really honestly didn't know it. And I think sometimes... We, we don't know this information when we see it in the notes. But it does make a difference to see that. Then obviously as you go from four to five to six, it just gets, uh, you know, it's, you know, need a, a biopsy or, you know, treatment. It just, it gets worse as you go up. But it is a standard that I think everyone should have some exposure to. So we should be doing breast at 3T. That should be the standard. So, and then we should always be doing it at the same field strength. When you get for consistency. Oh, yeah. I believe, okay, and I, I'm going to, there's something I'll say with abbreviated as far as consistency. And I believe this is my opinion because of the papers that I have read mm -hmm. that I would transition over. I would keep the protocol as much the same until I start talking about abbreviated later on, <laughs> um, I would I would increase the fill strength. I understand uh -huh. consistency, right. but there's not going to be consistency because they're either going to get more, they're going to go away post-chemo. You oh, know, when true. do you do the MR post-chemo? When's their menses? There's never going to be. So I understand, okay, to your point, Robert, let's always keep them on 1.5. Now, I'm not saying that a facility that only has a 1.5 Tesla scanner shouldn't be doing breast imaging. I, I mean, right. there's so many other capabilities that we have to optimize. And yes, that would that would be up to the, the radiologist's discretion on, right. on, you know, are we going to switch this over? Because, you know, we all know the benefits as far as flexibility. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Does it keep sinking on me? Is it because I'm breathing too heavy on it? It's pushing it down? It's because we need to upgrade our mics. No, no. It works perfectly. Um, I just thought that was that was kind of funny. Um, so anyway, I kind of lost where we were at. Oh, fill strength. You know, that's really going to be site-specific. I mean, I would always prefer aren't we lucky that we know MRI because oh, it, I think it's when I when I call about you know let's say my husband I say okay well you know what field strength are you doing them on okay do you have a transmit received knee coil do you have this how many channels is it and they're like who who are you <laughs> yeah. I hate taking those phone calls uh, yes <laughs> there is one topic that happens at our, at our, our children's hospital and they'll come in and 
Alma say, I am so glad that you are here today. And they just hand the topic over to me. And I'm like, I don't, it doesn't bother me. But they're like, one of them, they're just like, I couldn't answer that question. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm here. You know, I'll just go tell them probably what you already knew, but you're just afraid that you're wrong. You know, and I'm sure they're, they're probably right. But I will say that I um, started an MRI in around um, 94, I want to say. And again, that was um, the patient care tech aid. I.e., I clean up the vomit. I change the, I screen the patient. I put them on the, change the table out, and so that's what I did for a year. And um, so, but then when I started actually scanning, we did a lot of research in, in cardiac. We were a big, big cardiac facility, abdominal work, um, but also with breast. And so, um, we. But we also have to go back and realize that in 1986, on one paper, that's when they actually said, okay, breast imaging is possible. That's all they said, 1986, it's possible. And then there's another paper that comes out so so many years later. Um, it was 1991. This is just one paper that I'm referring to in my brain. But it was 1991. They said, yeah, breast, you know, they did a comparison. And they said it's pretty much 50-50, you know, as far as what we're able to see as far as sensitivity, specificity, these, te- these things that we really want to have, you know, a, a high number um, as far, we would like to see a big difference. And they said, you know, the conclusion, um, which I pretty much know by heart, is, you know, you know, while MRI has its merits, um, it is w- because of the high cost of the exam and mammography supplemented with ultrasound is the, the method of choice. Absolutely. <laughs> wrote that down as a question to ask you later. So I was wondering if MRI is the superior modality, why is it that ultrasound is the go-to or mammo? But you explained that, so I've always wondered that. Yes. That's nice. Well, that's typically the normal evolution is that you kind of go through that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I... Not sure if, if someone starts somewhere else. I, I think that it just kind of. I think that's how. That's how the. You know, in the big picture, though, what a waste of money to do the ultrasound, do the mammo when you could have just done the MRI in the first place. Right. But we're getting my there. opinion. I'll keep it out. <laughs> I feel like one day we, a lot of things are going straight MR. A lot of things. And are. it's confirmation bias, right? But if you're talking about right. a superior modality, and you I like that, that phrase. Mammo, I'm going to start using it. Confirmation yeah, bias. I just googled it. <laughs> what I do is I Google big words. I use them often. It makes me sound smarter. I'm going to throw some big words in, but I'm going to Susceptibility. Have... Use that often. It makes, makes you sound smarter. <laughs> Susceptibility. Indicative. <laughs> sort of These words. are as big as your words get. Well, there's bigger ones. Can you, now, can you spell them? Can you? <laughs> He's not lying. I got more. Hold on. What is it? <laughs> Tell me what ERCP stands for. Oh gosh. Endoscopic retrospective. Um, uh, pancreatic. Pancreatic colios something. Cholangiogram, yeah. where they shove the tube down your throat and it's awful. It's like a, it's like a hose. And that's another thing, Kristen. All you have to do is say acronyms, and you also sound really smart. So you don't even that's have to say, just say ERCP or you know that DIY or yeah. I, or I don't know, make up something. <laughs> the DIY that we're going to uh, discuss in a minute. Did that sound good? I like yeah, it. Yeah. I like it too. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. It's it's it sounds good. Like but birads. Birads. Well, what would you want me to do from Atlanta? Come in and say bye, Rads. <laughs> you know, he's from Georgia too, right? No. 
Hey, you know that. You know that. Oh, you're from Savannah. Savannah. You cannot tell. Yeah. You can't. You can't. You can't tell really with me either. Right. Yeah, many years ago, someone said you cannot be a public speaker with with that accent. It really hurt my. Quite honestly, it really hurt my feelings because I'm really proud of my roots. I'm, I'm proud of my southern right. roots. He's been going through speech therapy actually to get rid of it. He's very ashamed. Yeah, weekly. You're not invited. No more Alaska for you. We'll go over things like A E I. Look at me. Say it. A E. Right. And so. No sensitive about this. I didn't mean to call you out. But no, most people they say they think I'm from Texas. I don't know. I mean, they do, but they don't peg me with with Georgia anymore in the deep southern. Yeah, the southern belt charm. I would say for sure. I've got charm. Yeah. Texas is southern. Georgia. It is. Okay. <laughs> you find them as similar. Yeah. That's disturbing. Is it? <laughs> They're not similar See, I'm not at all. part of that. So I have, I'm just going to give up on the whole you thing. You can't beat them. <laughs> All right, let's 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 just go into the advancements. Obviously, oh, yeah. um, I, there's different types of coils. Linear coils um, were what we had to use, and so it, they were a big circle. We got the breast inside there. We had to do one breast at a time, and obviously, because of the way that that coil design is, if they were um, a D cop or whatever you said, um, they had a lot of breast tissue. You're going to lose signal as you get further and further away from that, correct? And so we just didn't have the capabilities. We also did not have a good fat saturation techniques, reliable fat saturation techniques. Um, The fields were not as homogeneous. That's just a fact. I mean, you know, you are never going to have a truly... Implants, right? At that implants... Right. Um, once again, we did a lot of implants looking for that linguine effect with, you know, the implant actually folding. Oh. It looks like spaghetti. Right. And so we did a lot. We, we were doing this with research files. And actually, I did actually famous people can't say it here, but you'd be amazed. Wow. Yeah. You'd be amazed. Dang. Yeah. Give us a uh, initial. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this about one. GW. This one. This one. There's no way I'll get. I'll get. In, I can't get in trouble. And if I can, then we'll just we'll, we'll cut it. Edit, cut it. Yeah. I'm not gonna say the name. I, I would never I know say it's the name. A heat. What? I've narrowed it down to a heat. <laughs> no. Keep going. <laughs> okay. This this person is famous for doing. Medea. It's <laughs> yeah. famous for doing workout videos. So I go to get this person and I said, I love your workout videos. And then I immediately stopped myself and I was not fat back then. I said, um, I said, but I don't do them. I don't do them. I don't want, I didn't want her to think that I was a product of what her video stood for, which was being in shape. Yeah, I just went into the oldies. And I was like, okay, so you, you guys can guess later, but I mean, I just wanted to make sure she didn't feel bad and go home and revamp all of her videos that night because of me. Start over. I've got to do something. Yeah, so parallel imaging, and when you talk about there's Asset Arc, Sense, MSense, um, there's iPad, there's, um, there's all these different types of ways of collecting data um, faster. And then you've got the new different types of of, um, sequences that we use. All of these things have really helped us. You know, we want as many channels as possible. So that helps us with our signal. You know, we're going to decrease the amount of noise that's collected. That is a huge thing. 
having that increase field strength. And then with the parallel imaging, we need to be able, I always call it the money scan, is the, the dynamic contrast enhanced. Oh, and so to be able to detect breast cancer, it's around, peak enhancement is around 90 seconds. You want to be rapid firing these dynamic you know, sequences back to back to back. And when I first was working with Christiana Cool's protocol, when I started working for a corporation doing applications, I could only get it to a minute and two seconds based upon the capabilities of the system that I was on. Mm -hmm. um, 3T was not yet released. That's irrelevant really to the, the well, to the protocol I was trying to achieve, but I could only get it to a minute. And now you're talking a matter of seconds. We're just collecting the data, but maximum enhancement of um, a negative, you know, a type of mass or tumor um, is is going to be around 90 seconds. And so peak enhancement. So that's uh, that's interesting. And, that, and that's important to have these types of techniques. And then again, with the fat saturation, there's something called, um, these are big words for you, um, SPARE, spectral adiabatic inversion recovery. Can you acronym, I like it. I'm just going to say SPARE. <laughs> right. Adiabatic is just strong. It's a strong pulse. I don't know why they just oh, they describe me. I don't I don't know why they don't call it stare. But you know, it's a it's a big pulse. No, stare. Never mind. Ignore that one. Um, and so anyway, um, we have these other techniques. I, I will say this. If you're using a spare technique, then you may have a, a, a change in your temporal or your time. It may increase us slightly. Right. It has a range of frequencies, so it's, but it's, it's going to be more robust. But also just the uniformity of the systems. Now, we want to use traditional fat sat um, as much as possible. Okay. I'm going to say this to everybody in the United States of America. I hope you are listening. I hope you are watching. If fat sat fails on a pre-sequence, do not do the dynamic with fat sat because it's going to fail again. Then you can't subtract it. So then every time I do a breast talk, they say, our patients move. And I say, this is not an issue in Europe. Literally, they look at the pre-fat sat and they, if they see any type of, of type know. of a issue as far as they turn it off and then they subtract it. So why are we moving and they are not? My patients don't move. Right. Right. I've uh, seen that position that, you know, the patient has to be in for a press exam. And in my head, I'm like, how are they not moving? Because that does not look comfortable. I say the two most uncomfortable exams for an MRI, and this is only based on what I've heard from patients, breast right. and elbow. But elbow, wrist, hand, basically, right. which is Those all the same tough. position. Yes. I, um, I, I, I would agree that definitely the breast. I think that actually everyone should lay on that coil. Men, right. women, I think you should lay on there. I've, I've volunteered, um, and it's it's very very uncomfortable. And I was I was a volunteer. Yes. I offered. They looked at me weirdly. <laughs> you offered. Oh. This is fun for me. I was gonna yeah. I was gonna go down a path, but I'm I'm not. But don't people don't people don't need to be afraid of subtraction. They really right. don't. I mean, it just it it's something that you take a risk. And this is from Dr. Bonnie Lee. Also, she's out of uh, California. Um, UCSF, I believe she's been a great mentor as far as information for me. And she, you know, she's the one that explained to me, I'm like, well, why do we not use spare? And right. she's like, because you make your time, you may, it may go up slightly. So we just 
then do subtraction. We are not afraid to do subtraction. Then you also have to realize there are facilities that do breast imaging, and then there are dedicated facilities that just do breast imaging. So, you know, their practices are going to vary based upon probably um, what, just based upon their different types of uh, situations. So, you know, we we just have to be um, very aware, and we need to take advantage of every thing that we are given to optimize for these women. And then I'm going to talk about the time because there's no way I could hold, it hurts your, your, your sternum so badly. Right. It's very uncomfortable. And I was on for a very long time because again, they were just practicing protocols on me. So anyway, keeping that in mind, you know, we have these things. We also have diffusion that we're able to do now. We definitely weren't doing that, you know, in 91. You know, we didn't start doing it in the brain until 97 um, at Emory. Yes, um, that's when we got the grading capability to where we were able to do it. And so, but, you know, now we we do it on breast. And for a while there was like, is there any significant, you know, help in doing this? And it was basically decided, no. Uh, you know, is there a critical role? Not really. Then um, that was looking at pre-chemo versus uh, post-chemo. Now there is a study out that actually says, hey, not a bad idea. But here's the thing with breast imaging. Timing is really important. People do not think about that. So three weeks post-chemotherapy, it, it was very, very little difference that you could see. But then if they actually scheduled the MR 12 weeks out, they were able to see, a, you know, a big difference was the tumor shrinking, you know, what was going on with it. And so here's here's a big thing. With, with breast imaging, you need to look at how you schedule it. It is different. So let's talk about, you know, menstrual cycles. Seven to ten days post. Now, uh, understanding that if I walk in and they see something on mammography or the 3D mammo, then they do the ultrasound, then they say, "This is this looks really bad." You know, uh, I want they're going to do the MR immediately. You know, absolutely respect of, of these different things. But I don't hear people ask the question, when when did you start your last menstrual period? They do it in pediatrics all the time. I mean, you know, you don't have a choice as far as getting, you know, a pregnancy test unless your parent physically signs a form. So why are we not trying to figure this out? Because you're going to get everything enhancing if you have it done while you're on your period. It's going to be sensitive to everything. Yeah, it's it's going to be sensitive to everything, but it's not going to have a high specificity. Like lights up. You're just going to be sensitive to all when when you do the 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 gadolinium. So um, that's very important. Uh, We were kind of on the subject of obviously breast imaging, but I did want to kind of cover like protocols, like what it used to be and what it is now. So absolutely. Um, Well. It, you know, the standardized protocol, the, what's, what's changed with that is it has gotten shorter, shorter because we are able to optimize the sequences a lot more. So I hear between 25 and 40 minutes um, of someone laying on a coil, which I think we've discussed already, is Ooh. extremely uncomfortable. Smart. I don't care w- which vendor, who makes it. They are all uncomfortable after a long period of time. Um, so the standard protocols typically are the ones that um, are followed that um, 
those are the ones that really do cover everything that the ACR wants as far as ACR accreditation for breast imaging. Mm -hmm. Are they all necessary? You know, really think about it. A lot of times we do protocols, I call it like bloated protocols, where I'm not even sure that they are actually looking at everything that I'm sending them. Right. Um, and they know who they are if they're watching. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's important to realize that we have to, with breast imaging especially, and the other areas that we talked about that, you know, that people don't feel comfortable in, Superman position, things like that, for MRNRography that's done prone, um, you know, those types of things. We have to take that into consideration as far as only doing the sequences we have to. Again, the ACR accreditation, I mean, that's if you want to become ACR accredited in, in, in breast imaging. But, you know, standard protocol, again, you're just going to have your pre-sequences looking at um, the, the fluid structures, you know, looking at, um, I don't look just looking at the anatomy of your T1s. And so um, you're looking at that information, but the money scan is always going to be the contrast enhancement, you know, the dynamic right. and, and then doing the post-processing with the regions of interest to see how quickly did the contrast arrive? You know, where was the peak? What was the time to peak? You know, how, what was the washout pattern? You know, that shows the vascularity. I mean, that shows right. me how quick, and that's, that's a bad sign. I mean, even me as, as a technologist, again, not as an MD, if I can draw a region of interest and I can look at the, these mappings and uh, the cerebral, the blood volume, the um, negative interval that's underneath there. You can, I can see that and know, wow, it got there fast. The washout pattern was really fast. Wow. You know, extend my prayers in my own mind. And then the, da the data goes on to, to the radiologist to take it from there. So, um, you know, those, those tend to last a little bit longer, but, um, and some people, you know, radiologists are going to want what, what they want. And they, so we'll do this. But we, we, we talked about earlier, subtraction, people move. People move. So now something that's been happening literally for probably 15 years, she's been doing re research. I said I would refer to her over and over again. Um, you know, I would like to have this woman's autograph. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even joking. That's awesome. She, you know, heart, heart. Um, you know, I really think that she has done so much as, as far as the evolution, she started doing something that we know of as an abbreviated breast in our breast protocol now. And so having that in place, I'm hoping in five years from now, as everything continues to move forward, that it's just called an MR breast protocol. <laughs> I hope that we take that abbreviated portion off. Okay. Because there are, there's data out there. And I think that we do have a slide that I wanted to show everybody and it was a study done out of Johns Hopkins. Let me see if I have it here in front of me. Yeah, it's a study from Johns Hopkins. And, okay, the scan time was three minutes long. This is for an MRI of the breast. What? Three yeah. minutes? Three minutes. What is this, CT? Uh, you can't even do a brain in three minutes. Nobody can. Yeah, you could, actually. We have a good friend that does them. Oh. He does a fast stroke protocol. And um, I don't know if there's someone that could whisper in my ear. It's less than 10, it's less than 10 nice. minutes. We're going to start. It. What I'm seeing, and I don't like it, is 15-minute uh, time slots. I don't want that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally different minutes. perspective across the table. You know. <laughs> anyway, this was done at Johns Hopkins. 
Um, they did a localizer, a pre-T1 with Fatsat, and a post-contrast with Fatsat. You notice there's something that's missing here. Right. We don't have the dot dynamic contrast enhanced. So that's not here in this study. Um, but the total scan time was three minutes. But if you actually go to the, the next slide, they did a comparison. They did a comparison of their full protocol. Full protocol. Now, this is from 2017. 2017. So the full protocol was 24 minutes. And the abbreviated, again, was three. Okay, three minutes. These patients are on and off super fast. Man. So then look at cancer detection rate, 13.3 per 1,000. Oh, wow, let's look at the three-minute, 13.3 per 1,000. Identical numbers. Then go down to sensitivity, 81.8% versus 81.8%. Identical. 19 minutes difference. And then the only one that really had um, that was, I don't know if you guys took, statistics and and college or not but literally this is negligible not even reportable really in my opinion but it's definitely it's the data um for specificity it was 97.4 percent as compared to 97.2 percent so 0.2 difference we're talking that much time 24 minutes to three minutes so i was doing this talk and it's you know definitely outdated information probably four or five years ago and I was talking about the abbreviated, you know, not, I didn't have a lot in there on abbreviated protocols, but one of the technologists, I always get such great feedback from people in the audience. He said, you know, we had a very forward thinking, you know, MR breast um, specific radiologist come in and she was doing a lot with the abbreviated breast protocols. So we were talking earlier about, should I take someone from a 1.5 to a 3 Tesla? I said I would kind of pull that full circle as we kind of end this podcast. Um, but what, what they did was they started putting, doing patients. She was like, no, I'm reading them. I want the abbreviated. All right. Mm-hmm. So, and they did the dynamic contrast enhanced. Their patients were on the table seven minutes. Man, so that's still amazing. Oh right. I, they're typically always, always less than, than 10 minutes. That's no awesome. doubt. Wow. It takes longer to put the IV in. Man. I'm just being, I'm being serious. Like right. starting it. <laughs> and, and, but then, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Look at the numbers. Yeah, if you get the same information. I, guess I mean, my... last time I t- checked, I think everyone knows Johns Hopkins, wouldn't you say? Oh, I've heard sure. of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's out there. I think it's pretty respected. And so, I mean. And, and this is this is just one that I pulled out because I knew that people would be able to relate. Oh, it's Johns Hopkins. Right. You know, you always want to trust the facility, but there's a lot of other great data out there that is concurrent with this, especially coming from Christiana Cool. She thinks you're absolutely. I, I think that she believes that you're you're doing an injustice. So, couple things: three minute protocol. Um, uh, where these abbreviated studies started from was people at intermediate risk where their insurance was not covering them to have an MRI. So, you know, we have these different factors that are involved. Right. So then quick in and out. Can we diagnose this? The patient pays cash. Um, I've heard and I've asked every single group that I think I've ever done the talk to runs between $350 to about $500. And that's actually from east to west. I didn't check just all the southern states, which are all in the south. <laughs> but, um, and he's ignoring me. I'm going to say No, it r- ranges in, in, that, in that area. So 
it's something that's affordable. You go and you pay cash. Right. So then I, I would ask you a question. If, if your significant other or if I went home and told my family, you know, they say I have dense, um, you know, breast tissue, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you know, I don't really don't qualify because I don't have any of the other factors. But you know, there's a little area that, uh, you know, it's questionable, right. but they, they don't they don't think that, you know, the MR is not going to get approved. You know, I think that my family would scrape up every single dime from every single piggy bank and my kids would not airlift me to get that MRI done for between 300 and five, 350 and $500. Right. Yeah. So this was be, this was really started from in the U.S., and push because we needed access to MRI when health insurance wouldn't pay for it. Right. So, you know, the radiologists were like, well, I just really need these sequences. Right. Let's go for it. And they're making, you know, made a ton of money off of it. You, you could theoretically, I would say do three in an hour, you know, as long as someone else is starting your IVs. I mean, they're, they're not long. Yeah, you could really, uh, you could, you wow. could do a lot. So that's kind of where it came from. So then I'm, I'm talking, go back to the situation where this new doctor comes in, she's, you know, from a large institution, they were doing so much with the abbreviated. She said, no, I'm going to be reading. So you're going to do the abbreviated protocol. He said that patients that have been coming for a very long time for their follow-ups were like, we're done. Right. Wow. I'm not in pain. That didn't hurt. You know, all the anecdotal, all the information, again, it's anecdotal. He wasn't, you know, writing out, you know, 70% of the people that I switched over, you know, but he was just saying you would not believe Kristen. And it's, it's so much more of a pleasure for us. And then you take it back to subtraction. If, you know, if that fails in any way, then they're not on there as long. So they're a lot less likely to move. So we really have to look at Moving in this direction, again, I hope that that word abbreviated is dropped. Right. Yeah, because that kind of lends, I guess, as MRI techs, we're just predisposed to the belief that if you reduce scan time, you're compromising some sort of technical factor. Right. Which compromises the quality, right? Right now, I feel like AI is making a big push for, like, lowering the scan well, time for a lot AI of stuff. I think AI plays a big part in abbreviated. But still keeping all that information in there somehow. Can I can I throw AI out there? I think right a great now? transition. I love that. Yes. I, that's a that's a fantastic. I'm so glad you brought that up. I cannot find anything that is positive as far as um, the remarks for AI. As oh, far really? as um, right, it's breast just imaging? as far so, as MR breast imaging. So I really, what I looked up was faster reads and more and and higher accuracy. Oh, but that's not in the post processing. It's it's yet. negligible. It's it's not anything that's. It really, you'll find one that says that there's just no the merit. You'll, you'll, just like you were researching and, yeah. Okay. Um, now, are we talking image reconstruction or are we talking like how data is being processed and read through AI? I think they're looking at sensitivity and specificity. Oh, okay. And so that's what I was reading up on today. Right. I'm not going to go for it or against it. I know it's evolving faster than oh, I can eat. So fast, yes, right? It is evolving kind of very quickly. Scary. So. You know, we're having this discussion today and literally in the next month, there could be a software or something that comes out that completely negates everything that I'm saying. I'm right. just saying right now, everything that I've researched over Quick the disclosure, past. disclosure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, there's so much that you have to say. Actually, I think it's important to update things constantly, but do they always get truly updated? Because I'm always afraid that, you know, Bill and I are giving out information that is outdated. You know, it's, it's some things are truly have a shelf life well right. when you talk or about end dynamic of life. imaging i think modality of, of mri itself is dynamic so it's always changing that's oh the reason gosh. why we kind of got in this whole podcast yeah yeah. yeah yeah that's true and i and i love that you guys do this so much 
Um, but, you know, they say every time you think you understand MRI, it's like peeling an onion. You peel back a layer and you start to cry again because everything's changed so quickly. You, you saw know? that? Oh. <laughs> I do that. I do that. That's now, real. Um, I love that saying. That's that, great. No, I mean, it's it's, so I, real. A, a tech told me that and I thought it's pretty true. Just yeah. just when we think we've got things figured out, then they they do <laughs> something. It's way. like, oh, I thought I understood sense. And then now they, they've changed that. They did right. these it's really become, and, and, uh, you know, I think that it's important to understand all that. It, it's just something to, to think about. And I, I do think that, um, in a lot of situations, people want to hold on to these, to these sequences. And um, when I did applications, I would go in and I would train them on the equipment and, um, there would be new sequences that were definitely better papers out there that said they were definitely better, right. but the radiologist many times would say, well, you'll be back in three months or two months or whenever. Uh, let's do both. Let's add the new one, but let's um, keep the other one just in case. And then I'll drop, they would always, t- I'll drop the other one um, as soon as I'm comfortable with the new one. I go back two, three Transition months later, period. still yeah. there. Huh? Still there. Yep. And they were told, they were sold a scanner that's going to be twice as fast in half the time, or, you know, twice the signal in half the time, right? That's right. what they all said when they were marketing 3T, yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get twice the signal in half the time. No. Right. Right didn't happen and so the techs would be so frustrated they're like no they haven't let that go yet and that's the conversation i had to have with them same thing i think applies as a parallel here to the the breast imaging with mr it's hard to let go of all those sequences whether you're really looking at you know you know the fluid range or things like that can you not see it somewhere else you know well, if you got to give someone bad news too, I know you want to make sure that you are 100% correct that on that bad hun- news. That is a right? that is actually a very very good point. Right. But also you saw those numbers. Right. I mean, they're they're, they're it's crazy. Right. Um, Memorial Sloan Kettering is doing a lot of research on it as well and their protocol um uh, if you look at there there's some information out there um they're doing so much as far as offering these, but they're also, I think, starting to adopt them as their re- regular protocol as well while they're doing the, the different types of, uh, of things. But if you were just to Google abbreviated MR, you can probably see abbreviated MR studies of the breast. I, I did, and, and Dr. Is it? Christiana Cool. Yeah, she, she showed she, up. She, probably one of the top things that, that showed up. Tops up. Yeah, I can't, I can't say enough uh, nice about her, but... Um, the one study I showed you from Johns Hopkins, um, the National, National Institute of Health, they have a stance. All of the things that um, we see, they're, they're really saying just positive things. Amer- American Society of Clinical Oncology, the, um, again, NIH, um, Sloan Kettering, um, there's American Cancer Society, all these different things. They're all, there's nothing negative right. about this that I'm seeing. Right. There's no... Uh, reason not to, to try this and to do this, especially if for nothing else to provide a service to people that are at intermediate risk. Right. And then hopefully over time people will see, yeah, there is, I, I'm sure I don't know anything about insurance. I, I don't, and I have it. Right. My yeah. family all the time asks me, you think I would know? I have no clue. I have no clue either. <laughs> I just, I just pay the bill every month. And yeah. hope that everything's covered that happens. So I, I, I don't pay the bill. This is me month. every time, too. I'm like, man, <laughs> or, I'm not going to open it. Or I'm do I turn this in or not? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, do I, do I want to even turn this in as a claim? Is exactly. it, what, what's this worth to me? Exactly. 
I have a child that just turned 16 last Friday. So Oh, nice. And, big shout out. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out to Big Paul. But he also, uh, you know, you boys are ex- expensive to endure. <laughs> yeah, well, he's about 300 pounds, so he's also expensive. He's 360 yeah. and uh, nice. six five and a half. Yeah, so he's also expensive. You got those scholarships <laughs> yet? Anybody looking at him? You got you got to reach out. Oh yeah, no, a big one. Nice. Oh, congratulations. That's yeah, awesome. that's awesome. D1 five star. It's what? his first. He's a, he's almost a sophomore. That's awesome. It is. Man, it is. That's great. It is. And I, obviously, you can't do a reveal. You can't do anything. You right. can't say anything. You can't say nothing yet. But I will say, there's a lot of fingers crossed. And, and what colors do you expect to wear in the near future? <laughs> um. Is it what colors? I'm going through. I'm going through a hippie stage this year. I'm just like a, I'm Maybe color, I'm into tie dye, which means if you read the undertones there, that I could understand. be any school, right? I understand you did there. I am, I am protecting until <laughs> you should see the reveals. I'm just being honest. The, the reveals they do for football stuff. Oh, right. Yeah, I've read it's, actually. It's, it is. Awesome, man. I think that's a good tr- transition because as far as reveals go, see what I did here? I like that. I think we're all very visual, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm wondering if you have any kind of case studies, uh, Examples of breast MRI, we can kind of just see visually what it looks like. Um, I I, di- I don't. Let's pull it up, Dave. Will you just Google like a breast MRI? Hold on. I, I may right here in the presentation, which I can just pop on the disc and get. Yeah, there. yeah. I have the diffusion one that shows pre-chemo versus post, but I'm just telling you people aren't doing a lot of it. But is diffusion making a big move? Okay, so you With see breast, that bilateral breast, oh, okay. second row, second from the right. I think that's a good example. It's got an ROI right there. One thing I noticed, too, is like I feel like oh, you're not you really seeing sagittals anymore in breasts, right? <laughs> it's bilateral axials and coronals. Huh? Way. I really want, I have a slide that I want up there. I don't know how to. Yeah, let us know. We'll pull it up. You. Yeah, I think it's a good one, and I gotta find it first. So, anyways, as far as MRI goes, the images that we look at, you know, behind the scenes, this is what we're looking at right here. This right here is what's called an axial. We image typically in three planes: axial, sagittal. Uh, what's the other one, Reggie? <laughs> Coronal. Coronal. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just killing time. Go ahead. Oh, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Um, so as far I want to say this about injection. Oh um, yeah. Uh, injection and timing. I w- I really do want people to actually put into the. F- I want people to put into the form. I want people to put, <laughs> to put into the form. You know, um, <laughs> what gauge needle was used? What injection speed was used? I think that standardization is really important to understand. I think also weight-based dosing, 0.1 millimole per kilogram. I went to one large institution that um, said, we do have a, a, the the radiologist, Kristen, we are doing a standardized protocol. Every single patient gets 10 ml of gadolinium. And I said, okay. So I was standing next to a very, very tiny petite girl. I said, I know what I weigh, but I'm almost 100% positive that she weighs like 90 pounds less than I do. And so it's weight-based dosing. Yes, it is standardized. We give everyone 10 ml. No. And I think that was part of like the the GAD retention when I think everyone has, it's been around forever, you know, in the bone. But once it went to the brain, they were like freaked out, even though there's been no repercussions. I think people have backed off on that as well. Weight-based dosing is weight-based dosing. So just, right. just do that. And so, and then again, 
the delivery is really important. Um, I would like to pull up the slide, and I don't. I, I'm and not just sure. for standardization, I'm curious about your opinion on the actual gadolinium vendor itself, and without I, naming names. <clears throat> um, without naming names. Do you think that there's an importance about having the same sort of gadolinium? You know, like Gadavis, Multihand. What, I mean, like every for every time they do their breast yeah, I think it, it's you. Okay, I'll I'll speak to what you have to say. I I think. Not that I'm not listening. Um, I'll speak to what, what you're saying is that if you do change contrast agents for breast imaging, I would maintain that same contrast um, for breast imaging specifically. There are facilities that will use another vendor for or another Chase manufacturer, for pharmaceutical manufacturer for everything else, but they will use only one for breast. Okay. And um, that can have to do with the, the facility. Right, well, you know, is right, it, are right. they looking at stability because they're going to have multiple, it's like, you know, like it's like a patient with Crohn's. They're going to have a gazillion of these MRIs. Or are they looking at relaxivity? That's right. going to be with a higher relaxivity. Okay, does that give me flexibility? And I'm, I'm again, not talking as a, an MD, but okay, well, higher relaxivity, can I give them a, low, a lower oh, amount right. and still have the same as far as enhancement? Or can I give them the standard dose, which is what we're supposed to do, right. and, and actually see more, and have you know better differentiation as far as the the specificity and the sensitivity well i see right. additional lesions which are papers where there are things like that that happen so i do think the contrast um does play a big part but also i think there's a lot of different things that come together as far as making that decision for the facility and for the, for the patient yeah did I, did I you think i handled it is that okay absolutely that was perfect oh yeah yeah Am I getting a thumbs up from anyone else in the room? <laughs> For those of you watching at home, we got two thumbs up behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, we covered that. And then though, I really wanted to show maybe um, this time intensity curve. And then I, I don't know where you want to put that in. But I will tell you, uh, for those, I, I know that we're still recording. If you are at intermediate risk, if you have any concerns, you know, you can definitely Google abbreviated MRI of the breast near me. I mean, literally, and oh. you can find places that are doing it. And I'm, I'm telling you, and then a, a lot of times I've been on the, people's websites and it says, click here to schedule. And you right. just put your information and do it right there online. So there's no reason not to. Well, I'm surprised I haven't seen a dedicated breast scanner. Are there, are, used, are th there some out there? There used to be one made by, I believe it was called Aurora. Oh. And um, it was pink and, you know, met all of those things. But there are definitely special tables that attach. Um, oh. I think one's called Mammo Track. Um, I'm not sure if that one is still being sold right. for certain reasons. Um, but definitely there are dedicated types of tables that you can purchase for your system. And so, um, yeah, definitely are out there. But there is um, the, the company Aurora is no longer... And I'm not sure if they were purchased by somebody else and they used part of their technology, but they're not a company themselves anymore. anymore. Oh, I, I know there's a lot of dedicated breast centers, but right. they don't have the dedicated MR systems right. that uh, are made with pink and have roses on them. So, <laughs> I mean, right. I, you know, just, just, just going there. Um, so as far as, you know, the, the, the plane that you use, that's going to be axial versus sagittal. That's really comes down to a physician's preference. I mean, that's, that's what I find everywhere I go. 
you know, one place is going to say, it's just like you were looking up articles a second ago. One said good, one said bad. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be with how they were trained typically. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be a, a profile image, right? Versus a coronal, which is like a short axis. Either way, it's going to be long axis. Yeah. Either way, you're going to see, yeah, yeah. It's going to be the way that it has to be done. Um, and also, you also have a limitation. You know, it used to be that we had to do one breast at a time. Think about it. Right. Because, you know, to when we do it sagely, and then think about this, they had to come back a couple days later, have the other one done, and get another injection of contrast. Right. Because, I mean, so we have come a oh, long way. And so then there was this big thing. Um, Bill and I actually went to a great facility in Tennessee, and they let us look at their 3D mammogram mammography, which I, I found to be extremely impressive, extremely impressive. But a, a study I was reading about just recently said that MR is still far superior to that even. Oh. I really thought, oh, wow. I mean, obviously, right. we have the non-ionizing radiation, so we're the right. go-to. And Rajiv were saying earlier, more and more is moving to MR. Yeah. I really feel like where I work, the um, ER, it's CT, there's no patients. I mean, unless, right. I always say this, this is the truth because it did actually happen. Um, there was a child, unfortunately, that came in with a very sharp, large, large object. It was highly ferrous in his chest. So he had to, he had to have, but he went to CT. But I, I always tell Bill um, that the MR department has become, it's, it's trauma MR. Anything that, because we're in a pediatric atmosphere. We're under a, an absolute microscope. And I would assume that most people are as far as the ionizing radiation. Right. So I feel like a lot of trauma, so on and so forth, is moving toward MRI. Uh, and I, I think we saw that's really starting in pediatrics to begin with. Right. I do. So you're correct. I don't, I don't know what else we can do in MR. Right. Um, I worked at a facility. It was a level one trauma center. And uh -huh. we did a lot of C-spine trauma. So you're looking at that transverse ligament right uh -huh. on the top of the odontoid. So you do a nice T2 axial through that. Right. Um, so, yeah, I experienced that personally. Absolutely. And, and those, all of those are done at the pediatric facility. They literally, um, we have the, the foam next to their head. You are very careful. And then they're moved over. And we actually do that mm -hmm. for, uh, for injuries for the spine when they're yeah. on the backboards. Yeah. And so a special protocol for that. So, like, yeah, just, that just reiterates your point. You know, things are moving over. Things that we never would have thought, right. you know, would have been done because, well, you know, why not just do a CT? Right. You know, I think that um, things are moving more and more toward MRI, yeah. which I think is a good thing for me. Right. And it's a good thing for you. For us. For the a good thing for the patient, too. Yeah. And it's a great thing, I was going to say, right. and it's a great thing for the patient because yeah. if you really think about soft tissue, I mean, who would want to, you look at cortical bone or with nor, CT. Neuroimaging. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but with, I think about it for shot. breasts. There's, that's really not an option in breast imaging, right? right? I mean, yeah, I guess it's an option, but is it a good option? No. Right. You know, MR has really taken MAMO, 3D MAMO, which came out after, you know, obviously ultrasound, and just taken it to a whole new level. Okay. And so I think one of you made a point, why even do all the other stuff? I can't answer that. Right. That's probably part of the process i know with, with my husband's recent surgeries he had to have an x-ray we absolutely knew it was an acl tear i right. mean there's no doubt based upon his symptoms but and then he had a rotator cuff tear there's right. no doubt he can't lift his arm without screaming this far 
you got to have an x-ray first. Yeah. You know, there Sometimes is a, that is how the insurance works. It's like it you're is, not going to approve stuff until you get, you I know. think that's... Yeah. A, it's it, counterproductive, though. I mean, it is opinion. counterproductive, and I, I disagree with it, and I'm not sure if that's just certain, you know, companies. Right. Because it actually ends up costing them more. Shows, right. I don't know. It just crazy. shows a yeah. lack of understanding to me. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. not going to go down oh, the no. insurance avenue with you. I just, it's crazy yeah, how it's, things work. That could be a whole other podcast. Right? Uh, and then, yeah, I can't even go in, into dental because I don't even know why I have it. Okay, so anyway, um, that being said, you know, I think that it's important for us to be very progressive. We The equipment's met us, okay? They've met us and they're going to keep going. So why would we, as individuals, um, not try to make them just more comfortable for a 25 to 40-minute exam why don't we have a discussion? I, I always love discussions with the radiologist. Right. And um, they actually enjoy it more than people would think. They actually say, oh, I, when we all meet together and, and Bill and I do conferences, they actually, t they really talk. And they're like, oh, I don't need that sequence. I don't know why. I thought you just had to do it. Uh, I mean, these things happen. So right. why not have this discussion? I always try to go armed. And that's what I say, armed as far as the information that I have and say, Sure, hey, you I know, know how you Southerners are. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You are in Arizona, though, you know. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know what I don't know what it's like here, other than it's just no, just no. Just every car. <laughs> really? I mean, statistically, not every car. Somebody's holding something. A majority. One in eight. Yeah. Uh, really? More than one in eight. This yeah. Is higher than breast imaging or breast cancer statistics. Really, like one in six? Because that's you males. Uh, I don't. I would say one. One in two. Right? Uh, Who's packing in their car here in Arizona? Uh, One, at least 50%. Yeah. I suddenly became more scared in this room. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have <laughs> underneath this. Don't look underneath the table. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm not sure I would want to anyway. I just have mine on that. <laughs> such a nerd. <laughs> I love bang, you bang. being a nerd. No, I just think that, you know, the technology has really come to us, and I want us to also... Um, and keeping in line with the patient and just taking care of them first. Um, yes, I hope, I wish we could jump ahead in line and skip some of the other modalities. But you know what? They may be all compared to, to, to each other. Right. Again, you know, none of us sit here as a radiologist and the, the right. person that's ultimately, you're, you're saying, you know, it's, it's a CYA type of situation. Do we need all of this in conjunction? Right. So that part I won't answer to, but yeah, it would be great. But I'm pretty sure that, I'm not trying to offend anyone that does ionizing radiation because I'm sure that mammography is a critical component of it. But MR is now considered superior. And any article pretty much you would find is going to say it is going to be superior. Right. So the it's last the thing I'm, anymore, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, the, the last thing I would just say is just really keep the patient in mind. The patient comfort, if you are able to find enough data out there to support doing these abbreviated protocols, Again, look up Christiana Cool, C H R I S T I A N E, um, as a first name, and Cool is K U H L. That's a um, cool last name. She is a cool bad. She's ass. born in Germany, from the information I looked up, and you lived in Germany, right? Yeah. Were, were you born in Germany? Man, I was born in Germany. I so thought you, you were from Georgia, Germany, but I am from Georgia. You're I'm, I'm a very uh, fluid, multicultural. Oh, yeah, he's a melting pot of. They they call me. Megatron. <laughs> Do they? Well, that's because of your your digital stuff, right? Yeah, a little bit of that too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what so you're kind oh, of. Oh, this is such I a great know. joke. I want to say. Not PC. <laughs> I know. You know. 
I have, I will tell you this. I have found um, it's been it's very difficult for me to say PC about anything anymore. Oh yeah. I'm I'm afraid of like I can't say someone's overweight. I have to say they're circumferentially enhanced. <laughs> well, this is the joke I make with my kids. <laughs> so there's like a there's like an arcade video game, bowling alley, movie theater called All in One place here in Arizona yeah. called Fat Cats. And so my kids will be like, "Yeah, can we go to Fat Cats?" And I said, "Little guy, we don't use that." We say unhealthy cats in this family. <laughs> Morbidly <Yeah>. obese cats. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think, Kristen, we covered it for the most part, right? Do you think we I think didn't so. cover keep, anything? I think we've covered everything. I just, um, I, I really hope that we continue to move forward from our side of things. I, you know, oh, a lot of times sure. we have trepidation as far as that type of change. Right. And so, but then I, I want to make sure that I, I thank Zone 3 Podcast, D3. I think everyone should be, there's so much value to it. Um, and I appreciate you having me. Obviously, wow. Aegis, I appreciate them reaching out right. and um, being a sponsor. But I will come to you guys in Phoenix anytime. I just, Reggie, I love you. Robert, wow. I love you. I think Thank you're you both, um, you know, I'm going to still, don't forget the restraining order. But um, <laughs> I'll take I, away that mental hug that I'm giving you right now. But don't let go. <laughs> I have it. <laughs> no, but thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today. Uh, yeah. Thank you. The information and comments provided in the Zone 3 podcast and website are not intended to be technical or medical recommendations or advice for individuals or patients. The information and comments provided under the auspices of Zone 3 podcasts and their guests are of a general nature and should not be considered specific to any individual or patient. Whether or not a specific patient is referenced by the physician, technologist, individual, group, or other entity seeking information. Zone 3 Podcast may provide links or references to websites. Such links are provided as a convenience to our listeners seeking more information on topics. These websites are not affiliated with Zone 3 Podcast, nor do they endorse or manage content discussions unless otherwise stated during recording.